I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like conventions. Yes. We went to Star Trek Mission Chicago. Yes, we did. It was pretty darn cool. It was good, yeah. And we've gone to conventions before, all for Doctor Who. This was your first Star Trek convention, and I think mine also. Although there was one in the city where I grew up when I was a teenager, and I'm told that it existed, and I know people who who went to it, who visited Flint and saw the Star Trek convention in Flint in the early 90s. And I did not know such a thing even existed, even though I was living there. Well, people don't always know what's going on. I mean, we don't know all the things going on in our tiny little place. You can't know all the things going on, you know, in whatever town you're in. Yeah, I think my mom must have been in rehab because otherwise she would have gone mm-hmm. because she was a huge Trekkie. Yes, my mother liked Star Trek as well, but I don't think she was the convention type being an introvert. That's true. She also might have been in rehab as well. No, but she should have tried it. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. So you, you went to a convention. I went to see some family. We talked smack about people there too. As we were attempting to get ready to go, you had thought in weeks prior about changing your ticket and going for a couple extra days so that you could see a baseball game and you could see family because you did grow up in Chicago and you have family there. And Right. Well, and the thing was, as reality came into view, there was dealing with the boy. And, you know, by the time I would get that into place, the tickets were, you know, pricey. So, And I had already yeah. selected the least expensive tickets that were available for the days that we could afford a hotel. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a trade-off. Like if you can go a day earlier and it's going to cost a few hundred dollars less per person, but then you'd have to pay that extra hundred dollars for the hotel, you know, it's that cost. Yeah, it balances out. It does. It it wasn't going to balance out. I didn't want to. I I couldn't get it juggled in time and it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work out very good. So it didn't happen that way. You were correct. The idea was, oh, that would be better because then I could do more things. Since when do you want to do more things? I don't, which is why I didn't get around to it. (laughs) Although you were stressing out about it because... I personally want there to be more Star Trek mission events. Mm -hmm. And so I am of the opinion that if you want a thing to happen, you need to invest in it. Mm -hmm. And so I had gotten us the VIP tickets and not Mm -hmm. just the regular three-day passes. And part of it was I wanted, you know, the extra gear that came with it. It was a little bit of merch. Mm -hmm. And next time we go, if we go to Seattle next year or wherever it is the year after that, if I go again, I will not get the VIP stuff again because it, it was not a very valuable, it wasn't worth what you paid for it. No, it was a lot of support of a convention. Yes. And and having the seating was nice and it was really very pricey. And, and yeah, so I understand that. And I certainly wouldn't want to. And I don't even know if I'd want a ticket or just want to go to the place. Well, and that's the thing. You would, you would probably, and this is something I talked to a friend of mine about, um, that they also have a spouse who isn't big on convention doings. Mm-hmm. Like you like Galley because it's small. You yes. like Galley because it is your primary fandom. Mm-hmm. And you like Galley because you've been there enough times that you have community there. You know people. Mm-hmm. Star Trek, I knew a bunch of people. Yes, I, I saw you. You saw me knowing people. <laughs> I saw you knowing people. Yeah, like you and I would be walking the con floor and I would go say hi to somebody and I would turn around and you'd be gone. <laughs> 
you were like, okay, yes, I see that you know the person. I'm going to go and do my own thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I would worry that you were feeling left out, but you didn't seem to be bothered. So I. No, I wasn't left out. <laughs> you were self selecting out. Most introverts will vote no, I'm not left out. I mean, I've opted out. So I was talking to a friend of mine there who also has a spouse who is also not into all the doings Mm -hmm. and is very, very introverted. And they were saying that they would also bring their wife and their wife would maybe come for like five minutes to watch the show floor, maybe see one panel and then like spend most of the time playing video games in the hotel room. And I was like, next time. We should have like your wife and my husband hang out quietly in a corner while you and I go do all the things. <laughs> well, I don't want to hang around. Well, that's the thing. I know games, it was, it was so, being a. I was yeah. being a smart aleck, but, but introverts generally do gather somewhere. Yes, as we've discussed sometimes in the past. And so you were stressing out about the fact that I had paid more money for these tickets, and you were only going to be attending about half of the convention. I was, yeah. I, I eventually talked myself out of it, which is pretty good because I was impressed. A lot of times it doesn't. A lot of like, times it doesn't. I figured I would have to be much more involved in that process, but I gave you a few logic hacks and your brain seemed to accept them. Yes, it did. I don't remember what they were, but it worked. Good. Mm -hmm. I lended you my pointy ears. I did feel a little bad though, because one of the people that came over to talk to you was after like some science panel that we had went to and it was really enjoyable. And I was going to go ahead and tell the astrophysicist that I liked her TARDIS tattoo on her bicep because, mm-hmm. you know. Because you're a TARDIS guy. Yeah. And because I knew I could get myself to talk the words to a person. So when your friend came to talk to you and I was stepping away and I thought, oh, I hope your friend doesn't think I don't want to be social with them for any reason that would be personal right. of their reason. Of theirs. Right. You know, it's all that makes sense. My deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I felt like maybe I wasn't as polite as I should have been. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I don't think anybody, you know, I mean, I didn't think that, but I also know you. I know if you're stepping away from a social situation, it's because you're just all done or you have something else to do or, you know, and I think this came up in work for you a few times. You're a straight white guy. You can just sort of walk away and nobody questions it. Like nobody. Nobody misses when the straight white guy walks away. And, you know, I think very few people would clock that you're a queer straight white guy. So nobody even thinks about the fact that a little old man walking away, no big. Right. No, I don't think anybody seems to be bothered, but I thought about it afterwards. Because she, you know, she was just talking to us and she was friendly enough to say hi. And Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyhow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm glad that you were considerate of that. I mean, I do appreciate when you think about things and when you talk to me about things. And You're welcome. I like. I'm You're glad, great. I'm glad you like it. So as I was doing all the con things, then you on Saturday went to go and have dinner with your family. Yes, I did. I went to see some members of my father's family that I have not seen in a few decades. Since since my father's fu- funeral, probably. Probably. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, you know, th- thoughts were coming to me of what could happen at the dinner. <laughs> yeah. I-, I was thinking mostly, were they going to be assholes about your transition? Because like, that can not just be uncomfortable, but that can be like dangerous. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have that impression. Uh, I didn't have that thought or, or those worries in particular. And they all knew that you were trans before you, that you had transitioned before you. Yes, came. they've seen me on my sister's Facebook. Okay. And the other members of my father's family that I had some contact with was at the beginning of the pandemic when my sister and I had a Zoom call with my cousin and her mother, my aunt which would be my father's brother's wife. So, uh, Because Italian family. Yeah. And so she had to set up the Zoom because all of us were still clueless then about Zoom. She set it up for us. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them said a thing or, you know, blinked an eye funny or anything. That's kind of great. And I'm curious, but not curious enough to ask them. Right. Because that's more involved. Yeah, that never seems like a good idea. No, I don't really need to know what their process was to get to where they kept their mouth shut and were able to manage themselves appropriately. But they were able to manage themselves appropriately right. for a bunch of people who are mostly older than you. They they are older than me. My sister's gotten in contact with some of these folks on my dad's side of the family. And your sister was close with your dad, so she like values that. She's got some family values. I don't know where she got them from, so... <laughs> I didn't notice them in my upbringing. So she had been in contact with them. And one of them is my great aunt, Aunt Mary. She just, she turned 91 uh, in the last month. And so, and my sister was saying when I was there for ball games last month, and actually I think last October when I was there. So it was a long process of me getting around to this, that I should go see them. And she told my aunt that I, you know, would try to come and see them. So I I took a long time to get around to arranging it because I kept trying to think if I was going to move the tickets up or what I was going to do about the tickets and being there longer. And it wasn't until a couple few weeks before we were going that I contacted my cousin. And this is actually like a second cousin because it's my dad, my dad's cousin. So right. my dad's cousin was very close with him. My dad was older than his cousin, but you know, he was fond of my father and good friends with him as well as cousins. And I think that was fairly typical in my dad's family. So I took a really long time to get around to talking to my cousin. And I picked him because I remember him as a pretty chill guy. Mm-hmm. I know my aunt even has him on Facebook and she's not his relative, <laughs> you know, except by my mother's marriage to right. my father. And so so I contacted him because I'm not going to contact the 91-year-old lady and have her do a thing. Right. Let other people do it. <laughs> and he said, oh, let's, let's have a dinner party at my house. Dinner party sounds so like formal. Of course, I guess, you know, that's, it, the, like I said, these are all the plates people in the in silverware their, like, were 60s and 70s. So, of course, they that's had, what they do. They, they have China, dinner parties. They China with yes. like gold colored forks and knives. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's a too much family. So, yeah, and your plate sits on a gold plate. Your plates, your other plates. Your, your food plate sits on a different plate. Yes. Yes. Yes, I know. But know. that was the only formal part. Okay. Yes, they have China. So, because I waited so long, like if I had said in October, there might have been a thing. And maybe that's part of my, my hesitation is that I'm never ready for a thing. So, <laughs> let's not have that. Um, Can confirm. So he invited, you know, folks over and whoever could come over could come over. And the cousin from the Zoom call that we talked about a minute ago uh-huh. was bothered that she didn't know sooner and couldn't come anyway because her partner's father has cancer and they had to go right. out of town for the- And then my other cousin has a Las Vegas habit, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Now his mother, the 91-year-old, said he was at a bachelor party. I'm thinking, dude is not that much younger than me. Who's getting married. 
Is that for real? Lots of dudes get married at your age. I'm I, sorry. I know, but yeah, and they went. They, they go to Vegas and have a bachelor party. So he was out of town, and right. so there was just me and my my cousin, and then his sister, who is obviously also my cousin. And I wasn't. Ha- I didn't have any contact with her. And then our aunt, and then another, I think, cousin and her husband. Although she did ask me if I remembered her, and I said I didn't. And she said that's okay. She didn't remember me either. Uh-huh. So that was. Perfect. Perfect. I was really glad I was because big Italian honest. family. <laughs> well, and this is a long time ago, right? And my father's been dead a long time. Yes. So the interesting parts to me were, you know, I they were very chill, mm-hmm. and they're not the crazy part of the family because there is a crazy part of the family. And I found out a little more about that, but I can get to that. But as soon as his sister got out of the car, I knew that it was her. I recognized her, even though she's got completely white hair. <laughs> because when I was a kid, my parents hung out with her and her husband, and we hung out with that family a lot. Right. My mother was actually close to my cousin's sister, also my cousin. <laughs> That's her name now. And uh, so I, re- I remembered her, you know, and my, my aunt started crying in the car. I just went over and gave her a hug and, you know. But the, the interesting part about this is that they can't stop like staring at me and saying, you look just like your father. I've like, seen photos. You do. This is like shocking to them but because they haven't seen my dead father in a long time. Because he's been dead. Yes. Although my cousin sees him in his dreams. They have conversations. That and doesn't I, surprise me and at I all said, your family. I said to my cousin, well, I'm almost jealous because when he's in my dreams, he's quiet, you know, because he's basically just haunting me. But, you know. Right. And so my, my cousin still misses my dad. And mm-hmm. so every person would just stand there like, whoa. <laughs> You're your dad, but you're not your dad. This well, is really you're freaky. also 20 some, t- how many years older now? He never even got gray hair. Right. He had a couple of them. That's the thing. You you look like a little, you look like what your father would have looked like had he made it to little old man. Yes. It's kind of wild. Yeah. So watching them trying to process this uh-huh. was very interesting. Right. And the only thing that they struggled with a little bit was my name. It was mostly my cousin, but he's more likely to say something. And he's like, so your name, you changed your last name. I said, yeah, I did that. You know, I just kind of gave them brief reasons of I decided. Yes. And a lot of people, when they transition, they only change their first name. They will keep their last name. A lot of other people will change them both so that they can have a more clean break or so that they can, you know, for any number of reasons. I changed my last name way long, long time ago. Well, before you started transitioning. Well, before I changed my first name. Yes. Um, Which was also before you started transitioning. Well, technically, I suppose. This time. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So that they were, you know, trying, he was trying to process that and I'm sure they kind of wondered that. But, and then later he did ask how I chose George. He's like, George, how did you decide that? And I told him that's just the guy I was talking to in my head that was me. I think that's interesting that you say that's the person I was talking to in my head that was me because I also have conversations with myself in my head and I know a lot of people who do and changes in latitude. Charlie Sabrina Mm -hmm. would say the same thing. She was talking about how, you know, the 
voice in her head and talking to herself and the voice that she wanted to hear as a as a person. And mm-hmm. she was also a performer and so had listened to recordings of her own voice and such. But right. Yeah. So I find that interesting because that is a common experience. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say to him next that I almost chose the name I knew my parents would have gave me, but I didn't because there's only six of us and I'm not talking, but everybody's talking at once is this is how they do it. Conversational overlap is a thing that I have done all my life. Mm-hmm. And if you are in a community where conversational overlap is the norm, mm-hmm. it is expected and you are almost seen as like cold or aloof or introverted if you're, you know, welcoming, but it, it's expected if you're not jumping in before somebody else finishes the end of their sentence. Or jumping to the other conversation that's happening on the other side of the right. table. Or, and it's not taken as rude that you jumped into that conversation. Or jumped it was out funny of the other one. Because then another cousin calls on the phone because she knows in there. First of all, we had to call my sister and FaceTime her because she wanted us to do that when oh, I got there. Of course she did. Yeah. So she, <laughs> so she got passed around the table on the phone. <laughs> This is a thing you do now. Yeah. Here's my sister. She wants to talk to you. Okay. So then my cousin calls on the phone and she's talking to me and she's talking to our other cousin, his house that we're having a dinner party at. I should give them all names, but here's the thing. They're all the same names. So it has to be like Aunt Mary, Cousin Mary, so-and-so's daughter Mary, so-and-so's sister Mary. Right. And then... It's the Joes and the, you know, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it, they all have the same names anyway, so it wouldn't help you. Right. Just saying. It's funny, though. Yeah. So the the cousin calls on the phone. She lives out of state. Mm-hmm. And the cousin whose house it is, he says to her, you, you've had a few. Uh-huh. You, you had some wine tonight or whatever. And she did. She did have a bottle of wine. So she was talkative. Otherwise, I think she is somewhat of an introvert. And now that I think about it, maybe that's why we hung out. And she remembers us hanging out. Her and I were closest in age Mm -hmm. of all these cousins and second cousins and so forth. Mm -hmm. And she might be a third cousin because I don't have the genogram anymore. I probably will redo the genogram because I have the contacts to do it. You mentioned wanting to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's somewhere on a disc and... On an old school floppy, yes. Yes, how good that'll do me. So I can get a external floppy drive I know reader you for could, very cheap. It doesn't seem like it's worth it to whatever's on those discs. My sister says she has one of those computers still. That's I, of course she does. I imagine it works. I don't know. So anyway. So anyway, she called and we we're talking, and then in the middle of it, she's like, "Will will you guys all shut up?" I said, "Oh, they won't do that." Uh-huh. But, this is why you two hung out. Yeah. So now that I think about it, she's probably an introvert like me and she's just like, they never stop, she says to me. I said, oh, but at least they make sense, unlike my children. Uh-huh. And she said, they do? You could have fooled me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's great. But it was funny to me that she remembers hanging out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember hanging out with her at all. But what I do have is this good feeling about her. Okay. Like, oh. Like she's easy to be around and like a happy, mm-hmm. you know, feeling about her. So I know that I must have hung out with her and been comfortable with her. Right. But overall, I was not a comfortable person the whole time they knew me because I I wasn't seen as myself and I wasn't able to do anything about it. Right. So it, it probably made me even more introverted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I would have been quite the extreme introvert. I might have been more of a social introvert if I had been able to transition earlier. That's possible. Yeah. But you also found out a good bit about the health issues on that side of the family that you hadn't really been able to investigate before. 
Yeah, that was really beneficial. So my dad's father, I knew that he was violent and I knew that's why my grandmother got divorced. And I knew that was a big deal because it was... Because it was an late, Italian family in the 50s, 60s? In the late 30s. Oh, they got divorced in the late 30s. Maybe wow. early 40s. Oh, Yikes. yeah. And it, Italians don't, Catholics don't get divorced then. No. But they did. He was very violent and he ended up being committed for a brief period of time about the time that my grandmother ran to safety with the children. There you go. Fortunately, they all lived by each other and she ran to. She was able to get to a family member's cousin, house. Aunt, yeah. Somebody's house. Yes. And then he ended up in an institution for a while. And they, so that was an interesting discussion because I see that one of the people that wasn't there and that I didn't put to be there was my dad's brother, my uncle, and his wife. Now, it's not that I didn't want his wife there, although she was a bit of a thorn in my side as a child because she gave me really girly presents every Christmas. And it really, <laughs> it drove me over the edge. Like the third year I got like a knitted cape in the Christmas gifts, I broke down crying. I just couldn't take it anymore. Oh, you know? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was so horrid. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I also remember that my grandmother, my dad's mother, seemed kind of crazy to me. But then again, she did pick her first husband, my father's Mm -hmm. and uncle's uh, father. So... So I look at that and I look at all the anxiety in my sister's family and that she has and stuff. And they, they mentioned it, you know, as we're having this discussion about mental health at the table, because of course we are since I'm there. Um, <laughs> my, my aunt says, you know, something about my mother's mental health. I say, well, here's what I can tell you about that. My mother's mental health was from her trauma and she went to a lot of therapy mm-hmm. and it wasn't a problem right. af- after she did that. Right. My father got worse mm-hmm. and I think they were a little surprised to hear that, but nobody, I mean, I know I'm, I'm old and I'm an adult, but when you're around your relatives that are older, you still feel younger. And so I wasn't sure if I'd get any pushback or, but they right. think they were just a little surprised, like, whoa, he, we did, they didn't know that side of him. I said, you you know, everybody loved him. I said, and I understand that, but he, he wasn't the same lovable person at home, right. especially towards the end. The last few years were not. And so they, they got to hear that and I was really glad to be able to say it. And I was glad to know like his craziness and my uncle's like complete craziness probably come from their father. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a little easier in the idea of of getting to know these people again. Now, is that the grandfather who had been sent from the old country to- At 11 years old. At 11 years old. Apparently- According to my aunt, my great aunt, his mother was an alcoholic. Ah, uh, okay. That might have been why he was sent with the priest on the boat to Ellis Island. That, go all right a, then. Go to America and get a job. See ya. Yep. So. Which is something you could do in the early 1900s. Yeah, right. So continue. I'm sorry. So I found out about that and that was very interesting. And then randomly, I also found out about the, you know, the skin problems I had on my arms the last two years. You have had a recurring rash that seems to come and go and is made worse by sunlight and by pollen dust type. I hate the word toxin because it sounds so pseudoscience-y because that's what the word that they all use. But like certain contact elements will- It appears to. Yes. We don't know that. Actually, the sun is not as much of a problem as just exposing
using my arms to the elements which have particles, which my skin doesn't like. So We do live in fire country. Yes. The air is never not smoke. But then my cousin said, he has that too. And then he, he said, and your dad had that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so did my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So that's my dad's side of the family, the GD armrush. I'm sorry. But it's good to know because I felt like I was doing something wrong or, you know, yeah. I, I needed to take care of it somehow. And now that I know or it's Or that like, you had done something wrong to cause it. Yeah. And now that you know that it's just genetic, that you didn't fuck it up for yourself. I received myself that way. <laughs> Here I am. I'm sorry. Already fucked up. So... <laughs> That that is a relief to know that like okay really these was. other things are not actually my own damn fault. Yeah, and he takes a medicine for it, but then I looked up the medicine and it's not something I would take. It's an immunosuppressant. Is, I, I don't no. think I'd be good with it. No, um, but it's good to system. know. It's good to know what he takes. So if I have this reoccurring problem, I could talk to the dermatologist about it and say, look, I found out this runs in my family. My cousin takes this, but I think this is too much of a drug for me. I'm really sensitive to drugs and could discuss maybe other options because she would recognize from the history of my family. Yes. That's that's allowed in in medical, you know, Mm -hmm. information. And then the type of medicine he's taking would indicate to her what it is. And she would know what the other options were. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing. I know now that I look and, you know, retrospect at the situation, I have nothing like the problem my dad did. And he was dead 12 years younger than me. I have nothing like the problem I saw my grandmother had, probably at the age I am now, you know? Yeah. And he has, you know, my cousin has it too. So I'm kind of relieved that it's not as bad. And I think it's actually the opposite. Like, it's your fault that you haven't had it as bad as they have because you've taken much better care of yourself. I definitely have. I definitely have. So, and as even my aunt has pointed out that um, she doesn't think my cousin aged well. Apparently, they used to both babysit me. Hmm. He says my aunt was a troublemaker. Can you figure? In your family? Mm. Huh. Yeah. Speaking of trouble, you went to a ball game. I did go to a ball game. (laughs) Sunday, instead of the con. I was going down to the con and you were going out to a ball game. I was. I've been wanting to go to Wrigley Field for years now and I finally had a chance and it was quite surreal because I still can't believe I went to Wrigley Field and went to a ball game. Which is kind of wild because you used to fucking live there. How did you never get to Wrigley Field? No, because I hadn't lived there since 1990. No, but like, had you ever been to Wrigley Field before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had when I was young, but I haven't been there in all these years. You were saying it like you... You hadn't been ever. No, I haven't been there in, in, decades. Ye- in years. Yeah. Okay. So, because I haven't lived there in years. And right. when I have gone there, like to get my mother when her husband died. Yeah, it was, we were not going to go to a ball game. Okay. It was January. No, we weren't going to a ball game. There weren't any. So, <laughs> so. there was no storms. That's why there's no ball games. The anchoring point is Wrigley Field is still as cold as it ever was. So it was like 58 that day and it felt like 28 in that ballpark. Oh. So I was cold by the time the game was done. I was. I had been cold the last few innings at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite so. Right. I enjoyed the ball game. I had the nerve to say some things about it in a social media thing. And I think a couple of my long... You, you long, got some blowback. Like, I, why didn't we hang out this weekend? And you were like, because I was only here for a couple days and this was the last minute thing and I... I didn't even say anything yet. You didn't answer them at all? No. It's wild to me that like you're such an introvert and you're so like not quite antisocial but pretty darn close sometimes and you still have all these people who are like, George, come hang out. Why didn't you see me? I think when I came out the first time, I did become a little more social. Mm-hmm. 
and I had somewhat of a social mentor type person that was very attached to me. And so I learned to they're do They're in Chicago. Things. Yeah, they're in Chicago. And I remember talking to them and their partner at the time because we were going to go to some party. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. And they're like, oh, you just talk to people. And I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> and so they had to like walk me through- How to talk to How people. to have a conversation with people. That is hilarious At a party. And it was very simple. Uh-huh. It was almost as simple as my dad's explanation. And I, I think my dad seeing me also as an introvert as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go with him to the tavern. Because you could. Because that's where he was going my and God. he was in charge of me. So, mm-hmm. and he let me play pool. That's great. And buy me Cheez-Its and beer nuts. So it was good. And sometimes I got to play a video, not a video game. It couldn't have been. It was like, yeah, it would have been like a Pac-Man thing, but a Space Invaders. And then the bowling thing with the disc. Yep. Yeah. So I wasn't too unhappy with the tavern, but my dad's instruction for social life were in a nutshell and in one sentence. When someone asks you how you are, you say, fine. And then you say, how are you? You don't actually answer the question, especially when you're a depressed, closeted trans kid who is never fine. No, but he wanted me to speak words back to the person. Does that remind you of someone? Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. Continue. Yep. I'm child down the hall. Yeah, well. Yeah. So I probably wasn't talking because what you just said. <laughs> You know? So yeah, they walked me through it. And I think I did become more social. And I was, you know, I was myself. I was a therapist, but not yet licensed. So yeah, or gone to school. Well, Mm -hmm. but I think that made you a lot of friends because you do have that natural therapy bent. You have that natural helper conversation meaning. I I met most of those people through various 12-step attached programs to ACOA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholics. Mm -hmm. So I went to those groups. It was easy to be an introvert and be social in those areas because you knew what to do. Right. And you could be awkward as all get out, and it was cool. Because half the other people there were too. Yeah, because we were all traumatized. More than half. From our parents. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was brilliant, really. That's totally great. I always felt really weird at Al-Anon, Alateen, etc. type meetings. I, I couldn't make them jive, which I don't know how much of that was like, I didn't feel like I fit there, but I never felt like I fit anywhere. So like- You probably, you weren't responding the same way to the problem. So it wasn't something you necessarily needed. Correct. Yeah. I, th- I think that's probably it now that mm-hmm. you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Like my autistic brain was not having the same type of trauma response as most of the people in that room. Mm-hmm. My trauma response was really different. And- yes, it was. <laughs> It didn't click, so yeah. yeah. So ball game. Yeah, so ball game. I went to the ball game. They made you check everything as you were going in. They did. I almost forgot because I was thinking about all the other stuff. So I walked around at the ballpark and went and got some lunch and a beer and outside of the ballpark. Outside before of the ballpark, you went in, yeah. Yeah, it was so much cheaper. Well, yeah. And um, I did actually have a gluten-free hot dog, which I was very excited about. They have them. There. I had to ask kind of wild which stand they were at, and I had to go back down to the first floor behind home plate and get one. Yeah. And I just did everything right away because I know how the ballpark is. Mm-hmm. It gets crowded at the food stands or the beer stands or basically everywhere it gets crowded. Yes. So I got my hot dog early. But before but that- But before that, I had to get into the ballpark. And the the rules for the MLB have changed uh, just like they were at spring training. You used to be able to like, bring a picnic in the spring training. And now you can bring anything you want in a clear, a clear baggie that's the size of a piece of paper, 8 by 10 or 8 by 11. Right. And the ballpark's very similar. And then they have, you know, security you walk through because weapons are issues in some places. Mm -hmm. 
So I go through the first checkpoint and they just want to make sure that you really have your ticket before they send you through the weapon checking Mm -hmm. screener and then actually check your ticket and then have you, you know, empty your pockets or whatever's in there. And then I get inside to actually have my ticket scanned. So this is like the third checkpoint. And I think she had said to me that that was a random one, like they catch you again, like Mm -hmm. right after your ticket, they catch you again and they catch so many people kind of like at the airport. Mm -hmm. They have a big one thing that almost looks like a cricket bat. Although after a certain number of supposedly random screenings, you start to wonder how random they are if the same people get picked again. I wonder if it, because you get picked all the time at the airport. I do get picked all the time at the airport. But I got picked at the ballpark. And so I had to empty my pockets again. And I had not, of course, taken my STP out of my pocket, my homemade STP, because I don't. And you have a homemade STP that is literally made out of a milk carton. Yes, or juice carton, whatever. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so she's talking to me and she says, okay, you still have something in your pocket. And I said, I do. And so I took it out and I said, it's my STP. I'm trans and I need this to pee. And she said, oh, okay. And that was it. That's kind of wild. I know. Well, I'm, I'm and also I, I, I was watching her because, you know, we know how to do the safety math that we talked about so many times. Oh, yeah. I was watching her and the reaction was totally cool. Well, and I think the fact of you being able to explain it like it's totally cool. Like, you're not like, I'm trans and this is a thing. And you're just like, yep. Here's I'm my- like, I had lunch and a beer. Here's my STP. Anything else you want me to yank out? You know, like what? This is my junk sister. <laughs> yes. Here you go. <laughs> that probably did help. It probably yeah. did. But I was watching her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know how random the random things are. I know that they didn't used to be. I, I've heard people admit that they would pick somebody who looked easy a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did or not because this was a black woman and I'm a old white guy. So I don't know that I would look like this guy will be easy to deal with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it depends on what kind of old white guy you look like. And you mm-hmm. look like an itty bitty white guy. I you're, am you're, an itty bitty white guy. <laughs> It runs you're, in you're my family, short, though. And you're old, and you're very unassuming, and you are fairly slight of build. Mm-hmm. You you have more bulk than you used to. T has done good things for your musculature, but you're still, you know, you're you're thin and short, and not likely to be able to beat up the big black lady. Well, I also didn't have a bunch of other guys with me that were going to harass her, so oh, that probably that's was good. helpful too. But whatever, I I found it to be a good experience, and I was glad that it was so easy. Because it would make it easier to, if, you know, if something happened again. That's good. If somebody else is like, okay, and what else is in your pockets? I'm like, well, you asked. Here you go. This is my urinary device because I'm trans. Yes. And I think saying urinary device or something else like that, if you say it's an STP, mm-hmm. like nobody knows what that is unless they're part of the community. She didn't seem to be thrown by it. No. So there's a good question. Okay. Right? Fair point. But some, some I other- I probably would be, I would say urinary device, but I wasn't thinking of that. I just thought, well, you right. know, and I just explained it as if she had said, what's an STP? But when I said I needed to pee, I think she understood what the deal was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's homemade. So it's funny. It looking. looks like a little piece of plastic. plastic that's mostly curved and has a little divot cut out of one end. Some people make them out of lids from- 
coffee cans. Hmm. And that way you just have a, and then somebody might be like, why do you have a lid, partial lid from a coffee can in your pocket? So yes, you need this. Here's why. When we went to Sloan Field in Surprise, my sister and I got hats. They gave us hats that day. Mm. And the back of it, there's a little bunch of pipes put together. They looked familiar to me. And so when we got back to the house, my brother-in-law said, started laughing. And he says, those are the pipes to the urinals. And the reason is Wrigley Field always had troughs. And then they put in some urinals and everybody was very happy and very excited. And so it's Nobody a big, likes the troughs. It's a big deal. Well, here's the thing. They still have troughs. They have some urinals and some troughs. So I went into the bathroom partway through the game and there were two, I could see there were two sides and most people are on one side. So I went to the other side, there were urinals there and there was a trough. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then even odder, as I'm at the urinal, there's a guy talking to another guy who's, and they're talking about, yes, can you believe the, the trough is still here and nobody goes to it? I mean, look, there's only one other guy here. Mm-hmm. They're having a conversation about About it. the trough in the bathroom. Nobody talks in the men's room, but they were talking about they the, were. the fixtures. So it was very funny that to me. That is wild. Right? <laughs> So, yeah. So, that was a full circle with that thing. That is completely wild. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, then I sat and watched the ball game from a different seat because I could because, you know, by the middle of the game, there's empty seats and I wanted a different view and to be out of the wind a little bit mm-hmm. because my original seat was in the fourth tier in the second to last row. I was practically at the top. Of course. Yeah. As I bought the ticket at the last minute and I wanted a cheap one. So. Right. Yeah. So that's a lot of talking about. Bathrooms because little... this is a trans podcast. Yes. <laughs> it is. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You knew what you were in for, friends. Yes. That's why you came here. So there we go. A little Star Trek. I had a lot of Star Trek and I loved it. You did. I'm glad I for really, you. I really, really did. I'm and glad. it made me extra, extra happy that you, for my birthday, got me tickets. A trip to Las Vegas. To Las Vegas. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Because this is something that I have been wanting to do for over a decade. Yes. And you haven't been able to because there were kids starting school and you were a teacher and then you changed jobs and had no leave time. And then there was COVID and now Now probably you can go. go places. Holy fuck. Mm -hmm. And like, before I was with you, going places was an extremely rare privilege and usually only happened out of necessity. I understand. Ours was feast or famine. I'm sorry. Yeah. You went to all the places or you went no place. Yeah. But either way, it's it's kind of wild to me. So I will be happy to go back and see more of the people who I got to see who I've known. And like, I got to tell Kennedy what the Black Tribbles was like life-saving for me when I moved out here. And like, everybody looks like me and that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And I got to get hugs from like Jesse Gender and Callie Wright and all these other great queerdos online. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, hooray. Yes, we had quite a weekend. They had gender neutral bathrooms. Yes, they did. I almost went in, but then I thought, hmm. They looked like the single stall family bathrooms, but with a different sign slapped but, over. No, they had them outside of security too, but it used to be a woman's room on that side. Okay. And so that's why I didn't go in. I just thought, hmm, let me not be the weird white guy going in the bathroom. Yeah, I think most of the other people who would also choose to use an all-gender restroom would probably clock you, but no clue. Fair. I'm not really worried about it. No. You have your STP? I do. (laughs) You can go in the men's room. And there were not troughs. There were not. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is that it for now? I think that's it.
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Good evening. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because we watched a bad, a bad uh, vampire show the other day. And, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now you give it up to me. I'm sorry. There's <sighs> a microphone outside, and I don't know that I'm going to get to wait for it. It's not a microphone outside here. It's a mm, motorcycle. Motor- yep. Has ten letters and starts with an M. <laughs> and there's a microphone in here, and, and you want it. And to that be, also has ten letters and starts with an M. And you want it to be quiet so that the one in here can be utilized. Thank you. The M word with the ten same, letters. Same amount of letters. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jess. No. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Jess. I might be Jess. I could be Jess. <laughs> <laughs> this will take longer than an hour. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Are you getting slap happy? No. Okay. I think you are, though. You're the one who had to stop because you I had to swallow. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't see below your nose because of the pop filter. Yes. So it looked like you were Because there's a microphone in front of my face. Yes. Not a motorcycle. Mm -mm. (laughs) Okay. Are we ready? I don't know. Let's try. Hi. I'm Jess. And I'm George. Like conventions. Yes. And and not conventions. (laughs) Yeah, you could say it that way. Is there a better way to say it? I don't know, but I know there's more ways to say it, and I'm sure you can find them. (laughs) I'm sure I could, too. See, you're the one who keeps making the sillies. I lended you my pointy ears. Yes. Lent you? Lended? Hey, you're the word person. I I gave you to borrow my pointy ears. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) See? I don't know. Like I said, there's more ways to say it, and you'll figure that out. It's correct. What's the face you're making? <laughs> Just and her, his sister, who's also my cousin. I'm like, right. okay. Right. It, it's just funny to me the way that you're processing relations. Well, the way I'm, I'm explaining I'm it, because yeah. I could usually just say all their names and I can't do that. Uh-huh. And their names mean nothing to me. I would still need the, okay, so my two cousins and my aunt and the other aunt that I mentioned earlier who we gave a fake name to and. Right. So is there anything else gendery or anything else worth uh, telling a story about? I don't know. I feel like I started some thread in there at some point about some probably cousin or aunt or something and forgot to finish it, but you'll I'll, notice. I'll find it when I'm editing and I'll cut that part and I'll make a note of it so that if we want to come back to it another time, we can. Okay. If, unless it's, you know, not so noticeable that it matters. Right. Then you'll just leave it. Yep. Because you have enough edi- editing to bother with knowing us. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Ha, 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 ha.